Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Three Jackson, Mississippi police officers are on paid administrative leave after a black man dies in police custody. I'll be talking to civil rights attorney representing the family about what police say happened and how bystander video is helping to keep the officers accountable. A black New Jersey City Councilwoman was gunned down in front of her home. Folks will tell you exactly what took place, uh, and the police believe that her death was politically motivated. Black-on-black crime is a hot-button issue for conservatives. Well, where's their agenda? When trying to deflect police violence and misconduct, they often bring this up. So we talked with a black conservative, a member of a black conservative group, questioning black media about why we aren't focused more on crime. Well, which is a lie. House Republicans are on a rampage, removing Democrats from critical positions on various committees. They're disbanding the civil rights subcommittees. Also, now they have removed Congresswoman Ilhan Omar from a committee, and they want folks to say the Pledge of Allegiance before another committee. Hmm, wait till we show you how Democrats fired back. An Illinois family agrees to a $12 million settlement for their son who was injured during a raid. The family's attorney will explain why they want the investigation reopened. And of course, we'll be in Bethune Cookman uh, in Daytona Beach tomorrow. We'll tell you more about that. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from small. 
Folks, a Jackson, Mississippi family is searching for answers after a family member died in police custody. Officers were called to an extended stay motel for a non-emergency call on December 31st. They encountered Keith Muriel, who they claim was experiencing a medical emergency when they arrived. Well, while at the location, an altercation took place between Muriel and the officers. Bystander video shows officers beating Muriel as he yells out for help. He was critically injured and died after the physical assault. Now, Jackson Police Officers Avery Willis, Kenya McCarty, and James Land were placed on administrative leave. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation is independently investigating this incident. The Jackson State Jackson Police Department has opened an internal investigation. Jackson Police Chief James Davis said uh, the, the whole body camera video uh, of the incident will be released once the research has been completed. With us now is the family attorney of the Muriel family, Daryl K. Washington. Daryl, so I, I, so they got there and it was a medical emergency. How does it go from the medical emergency to an altercation? Good question, Roland. First of all, uh, the way it was reported, it was reported as being a medical emergency. Uh, but we know in our investigation, it clearly was not a medical emergency. A medical emergency... Uh, came about as a result of the force that was used by these, these officers. So they were not re responding to a medical emergency. They were responding to a suspicious person in the parking lot. Uh, and that's why these officers were there. But as, as you saw in the Tyrese Nichols case, uh, this case is almost identical, Roland. These officers got out the car and they immediately attacked Keith. So I think once this body cam footage is released, uh, you're gonna see that the narrative that's been given to the community is definitely not, not the proper one. I mean, it's it's just baffling to me again um, how they would say this, and then for the chief to say, "Well, we will wait to release the body cam footage once the research is complete." Um, I'm sorry, it's been more than thirty days. Excusable, Roland. Uh, we watch football games where there, is, there are questionable calls during a game where officials are able to look at the, the video footage and, and make a determination as to whether the call needs to be reversed. They're able to do that in less than three minutes. Uh, they have clear body cam footage, and now they're telling us that they, they need months in order to determine what happened. That is just totally unacceptable. So, um, again, Mississippi Bureau of Investigation... Uh, but they've been slow in other investigations. Uh, we had, of course, uh, uh, a parent on the other day of a shooting that took place in October. They haven't even updated them on that. And so have you heard from MBI about any of this? Uh, we heard briefly, and MBI always gives us the same story, uh, just as all the other agencies throughout the country. They're not going to release the body cam footage until their investigation is completed. And this is something, Roland, that needs to stop. Uh, because what they do is they hope that families are going to get discouraged or they hope that communities are not going to look into it. Uh, so they hold this body cam footage as long as possible. But we know, looking at a, a number of cases, that when this body cam footage is released, it always reveals something wrong happening. And here's something that I do know for a fact. If the officers did something that they consider to be proper, there's not a delay in releasing that video. That video is released immediately. But whenever it's something where they're trying to cover up the wrongful acts of an officer, uh, it's delayed. 
And that's just something that needs to be changed. Well, absolutely. I mean, it always happens that way, uh, that if it is uh, footage that is uh, that makes the cops look good, oh, it's, it's out real fast. Really fast. All right. Well, we certainly will be uh, seeing uh, what happens next. Um, a, a, a final question here. Did they reveal what the medical emergency was? They never revealed this, that at all, Roland. But here, here's what I will tell you, Roland. Uh, when the body cam footage is finally released and the autopsy report is made public, you're going to see that Keith has over 30 taser marks to his body. Uh, this guy was assaulted extremely bad. Uh, and there's just no reason why these, uh, these officers should be just be on administrative leave. These officers should have been terminated by now, and they should have even been criminally prosecuted. You can also see, Roland, that one of the officers who was involved uh, in the incident was arrested back in 2021 on marijuana possession. So this is an officer who should have not even been on the street in the first place. So I think you're going to see that a lot of things are going to be revealed. There's going to be a lot of wrongdoings that's going to be exposed with this case. All right, uh, Darrell, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Keep us updated on what happens next. Thank you, Roland. All right, folks, uh, got to go to a break. We come back. We'll talk to my panel about this. We'll also talk about the drama on Capitol Hill. Republicans are stripping Democrats uh, from committees uh, demanding they vote on resolutions like banning socialism. It's all kind of crazy that's going on. We'll tell you all about it. Uh, and black conservatives say, why is the black media focused on black on black crime? We do. So we'll debate that. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Be sure to download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also join our Brina Funk fan club. Send a chicken money order to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And be sure to get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available at bookstores. You can download it on Audible. We'll be right back. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037 dash. 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. On a next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, a relationship that we have to have. We're often afraid of it and don't like to talk about it. That's right. We're talking about our relationship with money. And here's the thing. 
our relationship with money oftentimes determines whether we have it or not. The truth is you cannot change what you will not acknowledge. Balancing your relationship with your pocketbook. That's next on A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, here at Black Star Network. Coco. And I'm Lily, and we're, we're SWV. SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, let's uh, bring up my panel right now uh, to talk about uh, the case out of Mississippi and what we continue to focus on uh, when we talk about uh, police violence happening all across this country. Erica Savage, founder of the Reef. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Frame Brain, Reese Colbert. Host of the Reese Colbert Show, Sirius XM Radio. Michael M. Hotep hosts the African History Network Show. Glad to have all three of you here. Uh, Erica, I, I'll start with you. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is always laughable to me when we see these, when these stories come up and you have um, the, these police chiefs, oh, well, you know, we'll have to wait till the investigation is done before we re release the footage. As I said to Daryl, we all know if this was actually... Uh, Muriel's fault, trust me, trust me, that body camera footage would have been out in the first 48 hours. Absolutely, Roland. And unfortunately, um, what we continue to see is this is why the public does not trust and is calling for the abolishment of uh, what I call stormtroopers or police. When we look and, you know, reading the story, there were so many gaps understanding that um, historically police do lie. And so the story did not make sense. Was it a call for help? Why were they in the area? And then to hear 
that, um, you know, one of the dispatchers said there's a report of a witness saying that they've seen a taser, that the officer then replies that, yeah, the taser had been deployed. But now we know up to 30 times that that's happened. So there's no accountability for stormtroopers, state station terrorists killing citizens. There's no um, recourse for them lying uh, to public, um, having press conferences that are riddled with lies. And, and so, honestly, this, this leads to why, why do they have weapons? Why do they have tasers? Why do they have guns? When it is very much so apparent that what type of engagement they'll have really depends on what the person looks like. And for Black people, uh, for people of color, for people with disabilities, it always seems to be very lethal. So this is really uh, yet another example of why public trust and, again, the calling for the abolishment of law enforcement continues to re, uh, ring very loudly, especially in this country. You know, Reese, um, you know, we talked about the story yesterday out of Chicago where these two cops beat this guy in a jail cell, and one got a 15-day suspension, one got a 10-day suspension. You know, and, uh, and again, what these folks do, they allow these cops to get away essentially with murder. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they viciously beat people. It is very rare. I mean, what, what took place in Memphis, it's rare that the cops would be fired. It's rare that they would be fired, indicted, and arrested in 20 days. Just doesn't happen because these departments and these cities, they are about protecting these cops as best that they can in nearly every circumstance. Right. I mean, this is the way that the system is designed. It's not a fluke. It's not people running afoul of the system. The system is there to protect and actually encourage, by extension, this exact kind of behavior. And it's really disgusting that, you know, not only do these folks and and are not only are they intent on inflicting this kind of violence and brutality, but they're intent on ensuring that the person is not able to survive. Um, we saw this with Tyree Nichols and the uh, um, ambulance services or the medical services not being rendered um, properly. That's why some of them are on the chopping block as well. We saw that in this case where the dispatcher at least has enough sense to say that protocol was not being fired, but I'm followed. But, you know, it, it's it's just compounding the type of brutality. And, and I believe that when somebody is chased to death or beaten to death, that is undisputably cruel and unusual punishment. And so it's obviously not just a matter of the militarization of cops. It's a matter of the brutality and the lack of humanity that these cops have in their spirit and in the way that they view Black people. Um, you know, Michael, uh, again, um, you know, I, I don't quite understand um, what the delay is. Something happened December 31st. Um, right. and, and again, as in the case we discussed the other night, it's been four months since uh, the incident happened and Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, uh, they have not said anything. And so this could be another three, four, five, six months before something uh, is announced. And it's sort of like, hey, let's just sort of draw this thing out to get as far away as possible from the act from the from the initial incident. And then hopefully it'll die down. Yeah, that's what that's what it appears here, Roland. I was reading some articles on this. I watched uh, uh, a video segment from a local news source there, and it appears that, um, you know, as as my co-panelist said, you know, if they're 
had been a sculptory uh, sculptory evidence in the video. Uh, there was evidence that would absolve the police of any wrongdoing. That that video would have been released a long time ago. The fact that they're taking this long. So how many video? How many body cams do they have? How much video footage do they have to go through? So yeah, it, it really appears that uh, at least from the police from the police department. I'm not saying it's the mayor doing this, Mayor Chokwe uh, Antarlamumba. I'm not saying it's the mayor doing this, but it appears that at least as far as the police department goes, they don't want people to see the video. And it and it reminds me of um, uh, in Chicago, Laquan McDonald. Okay, where where uh, they they waited to release the video until after uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel was reelected, then they released the video. Okay, and they knew how they knew that that the video was uh, incriminating to the police. But then also, when you look at the statements from other police officers, they were saying, "Oh, I was filling out a report. Oh, I didn't see this take place, etc." So. Um, you know, this is why we have to be uh, vigilant with this. And at the same time, this is why a lot of people should just not be police officers. That job is not for everybody. Well, uh, and again, as we're talking about uh, what do we do about it, uh, what you have is you've got these folks. So talking about accountability, uh, let's take Senator Tim Scott. Uh, he's been whining and complaining <laughs> that Democrats, uh, Erica, uh, you know, aren't uh, you know moving fast enough on um, uh, on on police bills. In fact, uh, pull up uh, <laughs> pull up his tweets. I want to show y'all what he tweeted today. Uh, and so this is what Senator Tim Scott y'all just tweeted today. Okay, uh, and, and and one and, and, and okay. First of all, we don't have the tweets. I told y'all to pull the tweets. All right, let me just pull it myself. Um, he, uh, it, it, first of all, it's nuts, y'all. Uh, he, first of all, he made, he said that, uh, it's going to be a non-starter, uh, with the, the, he called the progressive bill that was offered before will be a non-starter. Okay. Uh, now th that, that's what he said. So here it is right here. All right. So y'all here, here are the tweets right here. Resurrecting the house progressives police reform bill is a non-starter. He then went on to say, I've been working towards common ground solutions that actually have a shot at passing solutions to increase funding and training to make sure only the best wear the badge, solutions that would have made a difference in places like Memphis and Kenosha. Here's the truth. We can get something meaningful done. We can pass a bill that the majority of Congress and majority of Americans would agree on. Okay, that's Senator Tim Scott. So let's be real clear here, Reese. He's lying. Right. The reason the George Floyd Justice Act bill died, he could not get any Republican votes. Right. Him and Senator Lindsey Graham, they promised the families, oh, we can get 10, 15 votes. They couldn't. And then what Tim Scott did was, he then tried to use this letter from this, um, uh, this, um, uh, this sheriff in South Carolina, who many call uh, one of the most uh, evil and violent uh, sheriffs in the entire state, potentially the country. And so what he then does is he then sends out, this guy sends out this letter opposing, opposing the bill. And so Tim Scott goes, oh, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, my sheriff, uh, you know, he opposes uh, the bill, so therefore I'm not going to move forward, even though the Fraternal Order of Police and other law enforcement groups 
They were actually behind it. In fact, yes. this was a statement, Reese, that was sent out at the time by uh, the IACP and FOP. The International Association of Chiefs of Police and the FOP said they are disappointed that Senate negotiators could not reach agreement on police reform legislation, and we thank all those members of Congress who partnered with us in our effort. Despite some media reports, at no point did any legislative draft propose defunding the police. That was a lie that Senator Tim Scott advanced on Face the Nation. It was a bald-faced mm -hmm. lie. And here are two police groups saying didn't exist. Right. But that's what Republicans do. Lie, deflect, and gaslight. And it works because he was just reelected. So there's no incentive for them to not do these things. And what we saw, why we begged and pleaded with people to please vote in, in November, was we saw a, a legislative map, whether you look at the Senate or the House, that was ripe for actually getting the, the gains that we needed to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and a number of things. And people stayed home and they shrugged their shoulders. And so the same zeal, the same justifiable outrage that people have when these cases pile up and they continue to pile up is the same energy that we needed for people to vote. Now we're stuck with a insane, unhinged Republican majority in the House and just one additional vote in the Senate where we really need it, too. And so the prospects of the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act are not any better than they were the last cycle when we had both the House and the Senate and the White House. With that being said, that does not let Tim Scott off the hook. And he needs to quit draping himself in uh, fake concern about criminal justice reform. And he needs to get the hell out the way. I think that you're not going to get the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but it is time for at least something, passing something. Um, and and training is just absolutely not the fucking answer. I'm sick of people saying that. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, he, they not keep throwing it out, and then he's like, Thank oh, it's going to ban chokeholds. Dude, it goes even further than that. Got to go to break. Hold tight one second. Uh, folks, we'll be right back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Uh, don't forget, download our app, available on all platforms. We'll be right back. Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. An hour of living history with Dr. Richard Mariba Kelsey, thinker, builder, author, and one of the most important and impactful elders in the African-American community. He reflects on his full and rich life and shares his incomparable wisdom about our past, present, and future. I'm a genius is saying that my uncle was a genius, my brother was a genius, my neighbor was a genius. I think we ought to drill that in ourselves and move ahead rather than believing that I got it. That's next on The Black Table, here on the Black Star Network. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. An angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. We're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, 
whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Chrisette Michelle. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Folks, welcome back to Roller Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. Uh, just a reminder, folks, uh, we've been nominated for the NAACP Image Awards, so be sure to uh, fill your ballot out. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. Uh, and then what you can actually do is go to the Outstanding News Information category uh, and then uh, pick Roland Martin Unfiltered, uh, Black Votes Matter, Election Night 2002, 2022, uh, and vote for us. Don't forget, you can only use one email to vote. We have multiple emails. You can vote multiple times. Uh, you have until February 10th, uh, 9 p.m., February 10th at 9 p.m. Uh, to actually uh, vote for the Image Awards. Of course, it would be, of course, uh, February 25th. It's going to be broadcast. The pre-show is actually on February 24th, uh, where it's going to be handed out. And so uh, we look forward to um, doing that. And so don't forget, again, folks, uh, again, vote.naacpimageawards.net. All right, so we were just talking about this whole issue of of, of uh, police brutality, uh, police violence uh, committed against um, uh, multiple Americans, but especially African Americans. Uh, yet, um, our next guest, Philip Clay with the Project 21, uh, claims that black, uh, black media doesn't talk about uh, a major issue like black-on-black -black crime. Hmm. So, really, I thought that'd be really interesting. So he joins us right now. So, Philip, glad to have you here. So, um, how do you ascertain we don't discuss the issue of black-on-black -black crime? Well, good evening, Roland, and thanks for having me on, and congratulations on your nomination for the NAACP award. Um, so for me personally, um, I'd like to take the conservative out of this and really just talk to you as a young black male. Um, from where I sit in Indiana, um, which has a very high crime rate when it comes to black Americans, I don't see the same outrage and in instances of black on blacks, uh, young black teens killing black teams, as I do when I see five black officers beating and killing Tyree Nichols in, in tragedy. Uh, or in instances like you were just talking about earlier in Mississippi, um, or in the George Floyd instances. To me, the article that I wrote and the reason I'm on your show is because I feel that until we as a community can start to rally together and say no more, we, we can't progress. My, my article intends to say that we need to, as a community, come together and stop blaming police, just blaming police, and we need to st stand together and we need to progress and we need to make things happen. What is the, um, so you say you're there in Indiana. What is the white on white crime rate in Indiana? You know, rolling off the top of my head, I, I don't know that figure for you. So I'm trying to understand if you're, if you only mentioning black on black crime, how do you not mention white on white crime? Because if we're talking about crime in this country, uh, we've seen an explosion uh, in the last several years of crime in rural America that doesn't involve black people. Right, although 89% of black people are killing other black people. Uh, there was an article, uh, unfortunately, I can't share my screen like you can. Right, but, uh, but, but the reality is, if you look at actually crime in America, it typically happens where people live. So typically, if you're black, crime is being committed by someone black. And if you're white, crime is being committed by somebody white. So why is it that no one ever mentions white on white crime? Why is it the pathology always black on black crime? Well, I think white on white crime is mentioned. I think it no, is. No, it's not. It's, it's, that phrase is never even used. It's literally never even used. So then what's it called, Roland? Oh, it's called, first of all, they just say crime. But, the, but what you have is you have folks who say black on black crime. So again, so what I'm it's saying is. It's a population that's huh? disproportionately affected. It, it is a big thing. And I, I no, no, no. I, I'm not saying it's not a big thing, but the reality is we do focus on what is the underlying issue of crime. So what is that? What's the underlying issue of crime? 
I, I, please tell me. Huh? Please tell me. I, I, you don't I, know? No, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. No, first of all, if, if you're going to write about how we should be focusing on crime, then you might want to be talking about what is the underlying issue of crime. John Hope Bryant talks all the time that you've never seen a riot in a, in a community where the credit score is 700 or higher. Uh, I was just in Wichita, Kansas, the MLK event, and the former police chief of, of uh, Philadelphia, the, the former, excuse me, the, the police chief of Wichita who came to Philadelphia, we were discussing this, and the reality is you can track crime rates in neighborhoods based upon economic status. And so, so if you want, if you, one second, if you want to address, one second, so if you want to, so when you say we don't address the issue of crime, we do because on this show, we consistently are talking about economics, we're talking about education, we're talking about access to capital, we're talking about housing, we're talking about all of those issues, those are the fundamental underpinnings of crime in America. Right. So I, I'm not sure if you if you read the article or not, but at the end of it, it does say that it's a community issue. We as a community have to fix this. But I don't think, like your last panelist was saying, by just vilifying police and saying that all the police are bad and... I'm sorry, who said that? Uh, I believe it was Reese. No, it she Reese? didn't. Reese didn't say all the police were bad. We were very specific about what cops were talking about. And so if we're talking about cops, because you talk about a disproportionate rate, the fact of the matter is we see it where cops do lie. In your neighboring Chicago, there was a judge who got so sick and tired of cops lying on the witness stand that he literally reported them to the citizens' accountability, saying, I will not allow these cops to come back in here. You have district attorneys uh, in Prince George's County and also in Chicago. They have lists of cops who they will not let testify because they are known to lie. So why can't, why can't we hold cops accountable for also committing crimes and lying and making things up in police reports, and, and we're going to talk about what happens in the neighborhoods. Why can't we hold them accountable? They got badges and guns. No one's saying that we can't hold them accountable. And I, I want to make that clear. And the article doesn't say that we can't hold them accountable. The article clearly says that good cops call out bad cops. And despite all I'm the... I'm sorry, you said good cops call out bad cops? Good cops call out bad cops. That's a lie. It's that is li literally a lie. We saw right there in Memphis where the... So okay, so were there any good cops who showed up? We saw... I, we played a video uh, yesterday. We played a video yesterday in Chicago where these two cops were beating this guy in a jail cell. Two cops, two other folks just stood there and watched him. We've shown a video on this show from Los Angeles, from Mississippi, from South Carolina, from North Carolina, from Philadelphia, from Detroit, where cops stand back and watch these things unfold, and they will actually back up the lying cop in police reports. So please show me where there's this swell uh, or this groundswell of good cops reporting bad cops. Rowan, I, you and I agree on, on that subject, that those people are not good cops. The people that stand by idly and don't do anything. In doing research for the article, uh, and fortunately enough, last year I had the chance to work with my local police department to understand what goes into being a police officer because I wanted to know for myself what, what it takes to become a police officer. One of the things that was taught, one of the core things, was that not only is use of force a last resort, but you're also taught to de-escalate your partner when your partner becomes too emotionally involved or too attached to whatever's happening. How, often, not, how often have you seen that? How, how what, often, when, when you've seen a lot of these video footages, now, I've seen de-escalation de when the person's white. I've seen a whole lot of de-escalation. But typically, 
When I'm seeing body cam footage and it's somebody black, I'm seeing an escalation of tensions. And so, so, so please show, give me some examples where de-escalation is often happening. You're talking about the videos that have been seen. What about the thousands that haven't been released because there was a successful de-escalation or there was a successful stoppage of whatever was happening? Whatever or, the video, or, 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 the, or the examples where the cops didn't turn the cameras on and where in Chicago they were breaking the antennas off of the dash cam cameras as well. I mean, again, the, 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 the point here is, again, we're still talking about a fundamental problem in this country. Last year, police in America, based upon the data, Samuel Singawe, we had him on the show, they killed more people in 2022 than any other point in history. We have seen a dramatic increase of police, uh, 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 police violence. We have seen insurance companies come out and say that they are going to stop insuring cities or they're going to actually raise their rates because of the high uh, number of police violence cases. And so I'm, I'm trying to understand, you, you want to talk about black on black crime as a conservative, here's what I want to know. Where are all of the fiscal conservatives complaining about the millions upon millions and billions being spent on police settlements? That's a, that's a good question, Rule. They're not there. I don't, I don't, I don't I, guess who I don't see? I don't see Grover Norquist. I don't see, uh, let me tell you something. Memphis is probably going to pay 20, 30, 40 million dollar settlement. It's likely gonna be higher than George Floyd's settlement. Do you know who I have not heard a lot on this? Governor of Tennessee, the Tennessee legislature. I've not heard Republicans in that state uh, say this, this is gross and it's unfair. What you do see though, Typically, we'll see Democrats or you see the Black Caucus. What I'm still trying to say to you, we have on this show and in other black media discussions about black-on-black -black crime. What we don't do is fall for the, for the pathology of Fox News and other places. We talk about what creates those conditions and what must be done to change those neighborhoods. And so what I want to know is, how are you in Project 21 advancing those issues and then calling on your fellow conservatives to support those very issues? Absolutely. I've spent the past couple of days being able to do press about this issue specifically. And the thing that's come out of it and the, the thing I will stick to is we have to be transparent both in the community and on behalf of police departments or police departments themselves. There has to be open dialogue and police departments have to show that whatever's being accused against them, levied against them, is not true. And the good cops do have to weed out the bad cops. And I understand that your, your thoughts on that and you've, you've made that point clear. But at the end of the day, there are still people that wake up every morning with their intention and their honor. And all they want to do is protect the people in the community in which they live and serve. But where are those? Why is it that when we need those good cops to show up, we don't seem to see them? And in is fact, and in fact, you, uh, why is it? Because again, I've talked to many officers, and I can I've talked to black officers, and I've had black I've had black officers tell me the safest they are is when they got a uniform on. They say, but damn, when I don't have my uniform on, I don't trust my own department. Those are black cops. That's a departmental issue, and, and until people can actually go into those communities and start having those conversations and weeding out those bad chiefs of police, those bad officers, and working through that, it's it's going to continue to be the same. Do you you, you do but, you do know that there have been reports showing the number of white supremacists that are that have infiltrated police departments nationwide, right? 
Yes. Okay. You've seen the reports, uh, again, of message boards and various face Facebook groups where you've had these racist cops making comments, things along those lines. In Chicago, there were cops who admitted, yeah, we call folks the N-word. We freely throw it around. So if, you are, if you're a black person in a Chicago community, why would you trust a racist cop? Hold on. I got to pay some bills. We come back. I want you to answer that question. Then my panel has some questions as well. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Pastor Jackie Hood Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Next on Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, listen to this. Women of color are starting 90% of the businesses in this country. That's the good news. The bad news, as a rule, we're not making nearly as much as everyone else. But joining us on the next Get Wealthy episode is Betty Hines. She's a business strategist, and she's showing women how to elevate other women. I don't like to say this openly, but we're getting better at it. Women struggle with collaborating with each other. And for that reason, one of the things that I demonstrate in the uh, sessions that I have is that you can go further together if you collaborate. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. I'm Bill Duke. This is Diallo Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Stay woke. All right, welcome back. My guest is Philip Clay. Philip, I asked the question, if you're in a neighborhood and you have had bad accounts with cops and you know you're dealing with racist cops in those areas, how can you trust them? I, I don't think you can. But I guess the question, my, my question back to you is, what, what do you do in that situation? What would you, Roland Martin, do in that situation if you can't trust the cops in your neighborhood? Um, I'm not dealing with them because here's the deal. I lived in Chicago six years, okay? I, I have seen examples where the cops planted evidence, where they beat confessions out of people. They had, Chicago had to pay upwards of $40 million in reparations to a number of black people who were beaten, who actually were electrocuted, their testicles, by Captain John Burge and those racists in the department. Chicago actually had a Holman Street location where they were holding people, depriving them of their due rights. Attorneys didn't even know where their clients were being taken. They had, when the consent decree came down in Chicago, they, were, they admitted, oh, yeah, 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 we use the N-word. They admitted driving, uh, driving gang members from one territory to another and dropping them off to see if they actually lived, okay? We saw, again, under Trump, 
where uh, Sessions tried to get rid of the consent decree in Baltimore. Cleveland has been under two consent decrees. But again, if we're going to have a discussion about black-on-black -black crime, let's also at least say white-on-white crime, but let's deal with the issue of how do you address crime? You do not address crime with policing. You have to address crime in a holistic way, and unfortunately, Philip, Republicans and conservatives do not want to do that in this country. It's a matter of more jails, more police, more funding. Let's increase the funding, but not deal with the fundamental underpinning of crime in neighborhoods, which is poverty. Again, I, I ask if you, if you read my article, because at the end of it, again, I do say the only way that this works is if we as a community come together and try to fix this morally bankrupt system. But why is it at the end of your article and not the beginning of your article? It's, it's throughout, Roland. There's a lot to unpack in what happened. There's a lot to unpack in what happened in Mississippi. Or, I'm sorry, not Mississippi, in Memphis. Bottom, let, let me go to my panel. Uh, let's see, Reese, since he name-checked you, you get the first uh, question <laughs> or comment. Yes, I actually did read the article, and I have to say, I think it's appalling to use the brutal death of Tyree Nichols to advance Ooh. propaganda as black people as violent. Um, you compared, hold on, you hold on, you compared, hold on, you compared, I listened for the past 10 minutes without, you know, whatever. So anyway, so you compared the cops to gang violence, which is more coded language, anti-black coded language. And I do agree with you on that, though, because the police departments like the ones that are out of control and need consent decrees, which, as a member of Project 21, I'm sure you know that in their black agenda is to do away with consent decrees, that the police officers often are like gang members. This just so happens to be black gang members that are in the police department, and they just so happen to not get the protection of that blue line. But to your point that black people don't care about black on black crime, that is completely false. I lived like like Roland, I lived in Chicago where every summer, and I, I, I'm appalled by uh, violence, period, regardless of the race, but every summer, as soon as it got over 50 degrees on the radio all day, all you hear on every single radio station is stop the violence, leave the guns at home, don't kill anybody, don't shoot anybody. I remember very vividly when Hadia Pendleton, a young lady, a young teenager, went to uh, the White House for the, uh, went to the Obama inauguration and she was gunned down in Hyde Park and First Lady Michelle Obama actually went to her funeral. And so this whole notion that black people don't come, don't care about crime within our race is even more anti-black and white supremacist. But my question to you is, how do you reconcile this notion that cops are inherently good and that we need to weed out the, the few bad rotten apples if you are part of a project that wants to do away with consent decrees and wants to federally enshrine qualified immunity? What, what I've been saying in this article, what I, what I will continue to say, is at the end of the day, there are men and women who wake up every day who want nothing more than to serve and protect the communities in which they live in. That has been my stance, that will continue to be my stance. Black conservative, white conservative, black Democrat, white Democrat, whatever. That's my stance. Okay, so... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. But before I go to Erica, um, I have your article up. Go to my iPad, please. So here's the deal. Your lead article, your lead in your article, you talk about working with local cops. Then you talk about you're not naive that your hometown of Indiana is Memphis. Then in your third paragraph, your first one, you talk about de-escalation. In your third paragraph, you say, I ask myself, though, where's the outrage for all black-on-black crime? Why are leaders in the community like Al Sharpton not vocal about the children who are killed in black-on-black crime on a daily basis in places like Chicago? Well, first of all, that's a, a lie. I do know for a fact he's talked about it, even moved there for us time. I do know people who have marches and rallies in Chicago. I've covered them. I don't know if Project 21 has. Uh, and then you go on, you say, as these leaders continue to vilify police and cause tensions to rise, how are they causing tensions to rise when it's the cops who's actually killing people? They set these communities and the police who are sworn to protect them back another step. Hmm, really? Then you go in and complain about CNN. Then you talk about uh, mirror gang violence. Then you go talk about, um, we still see men and women of all races, religious and creeds, going to work to protect the communities, blah, 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 blah. Then you get... This is what you keep talking about at the end of your article. This is literally what you wrote in the article, because I, I, I swore that there was some other stuff down here. That's where that white space is, because I thought there was more to it. This is literally all you said. 
We have to raise up the officers who are doing their utmost to defend and protect and work to weed out those who would break their oath. We have to stop looking to put the blame on everyone else and start looking at giving real leaders a chance to rebuild our morally decayed community. So in the third paragraph, in the third paragraph, you mentioned black on black crime. In the last sentence, the last half of the last sentence, you say, we have to stop looking to put the blame on everyone else and start looking at giving real leaders a chance to rebuild a morally decayed community. You literally say nothing about why there's black-on-black -black crime. You literally don't even, like, in, in, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm trying to see, hmm, do I see poverty? No. Do I see education? No. Do I see lack of economic advancement? No. Your entire piece is really about Oh my goodness, we've got some really great, wonderful cops. So how can you make it about black-on-black -black crime when you don't even address the issue of the underpinning of black-on-black -black crime in your entire piece? Again, Rowan, my, my position is and will continue to be that I don't see protests in the street for children being killed in Chicago. You're alive. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you don't see it, Philip, that's because you choose not to see it. They have been protests. First of all, here's the question. Where are you in Indiana? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. When last time you've been to Chicago? I typically don't go to Chicago. Gotcha. So you don't go to Chicago. So no. do, do, you follow any, do you follow any Chicago media? No. What, what incentive do I have? No, wait, 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 wait. Do you, have, do you know any activists in Chicago? Yes. Do you know any community leaders in Chicago? I know community leaders in Gary, Indiana. Which... No, no, no. I didn't say Gary, Indiana. I said Chicago. Chicago is oh, no. not Gary, Indiana. Deontay Johnson, Black Conservative Federation. Ah, you got Deontay. Oh, that idiot? That, hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Are you sick? That's who you claiming? Dude, don't even try that one. Here's the problem what you said. You just said, quote, I don't see any, any uh, protests in Chicago of black on black. You don't know anybody in Chicago. You haven't even been there. You, how, see, this is the problem when you say, I haven't seen it. If you ain't been there and you don't know anybody and you likely don't follow them on social media, you wouldn't see it. But the reality is, it does exist. So, Philip, never ever come on television and say, well, I don't see it, if your eyes are closed because you never opened them. We have literally had the people on this show live from protests. So for you to say, well, I don't see it, you try to act like it doesn't exist. It does. So if you've never made the effort to find out that they are protesting, how can you then criticize folk for saying they're not protesting? What, what, I, I don't know what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. Philip, no, no, Philip, 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 let me help you out with something. <laughs> let, me just help, I, let me just help you out with something, Philip. Usually I, I ask for help if I need No, 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 because you need some help right now, Philip. Like, you need some help real bad. If I said, I have never, ever seen Philip in a red tie. And if somebody says, Roland, have you, have you ever met Philip? No. H have you ever seen Philip on TV? No. <laughs> have you ever seen Philip at an event? No. Well, hell. <laughs> If you ain't never seen Philip, of course you ain't never seen Philip in a red tie. So how can you say <laughs> people are not protesting black-on-black -black violence in Chicago, but 
They are, but, oh, you haven't seen it. And you've made no attempt to find out it exists. But let me ask you this question. And I'm, this is a second, I want you to answer that one too first. Why are you so worried about Chicago and you ain't focused on crime in Indianapolis? You are focused on crime in Indianapolis. So why are you bringing up Chicago, though? Because I'm sorry, go back to my iPad. I'm looking at your column. You simply state, I've had the opportunity to work with my local police department. You don't name it. You say I'm not naive enough to equate my hometown in Indiana to Memphis. You don't name your hometown. And so why is it that, again, third paragraph, right here, why are leaders in the community, like Al Sharpton, not vocal about the children who are killed in black-on-black -black crime on a daily basis in places like Chicago? Why didn't you mention your city? I mentioned Indianapolis and all the radio interviews I've done. No, 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 no. Why didn't you mention your crime in your city in your column? All right, let me, let me do this better. Philip, what are you doing to solve the crime issue in Indianapolis? I want to hear specifics. Working with local police departments to bridge the gap between the police and the community. How? Well, no, no, no. What are you doing in the community? I, I get the cop part. What, has the community ever seen you? Yes. What, 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 hold up, sorry. What communities? Indianapolis. No, 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 no. What, what communities in Indianapolis? That's, I literally just said that. Indianapolis, Marion County as a whole, Plainfield, Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Johnson County. And, and what are you doing? What are you doing in those communities? Working to improve police like relations. Like what? No, 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 no. But what are you doing? Like, like when you say working, are you, have, have you, have you had, have you had community-based town halls? Not the yeah. cops. The community. Yeah. When? Yeah. yeah. When? Yeah. 2020. No, when? What, do you want exact dates rolling? I don't have my iPad. No, 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 no. No, no. I, I want to know when. Because, see, I know people in Indianapolis. I've spoken to them many times. I, I, I'm going to call them, and I'm going to find out. I'm going to say, hey, have y'all ever seen Philip? <laughs> I'm going to call them. Have you ever seen Philip? Has Philip ever come around? Because, see, you keep saying you putting in the work. So, and, okay, how about this here? In the last year, how many community-based town halls have you actually held or attended community-based town halls in Indianapolis? Not cops, the community. How many? I've not been at any in the last year. Whoa, 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 stop, stop. Whoa, whoa, hold up. Hold up, hold up. See, now, hold up. I'm up against a break. Uh, I'm going to hold you over for one more. Because, see, I'm trying to figure out, you all this work you say you're doing, I need to know what that work is. Because if you say you want to fix Chicago, and you ain't, you ain't had not now in a year in Indianapolis? Not, not, not one? Okay, hold on. We'll be right back on Roller Martin. See, Philip, you want to have the conversation on Black-owned media. Oh, you, you having it. We'll be right back. No, no, we'll be right back, Philip. I'm going to give you some time, Philip. We'll be right back. No, 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 because it's not even a conversation. I'm going to give you some time, Philip. At this point, it's not even a conversation. Most people think that these television shows that, that tell stories about who we are as black men, and then they paint these monolithic portraits of us, they think that they're being painted by white people. And I got to tell you, there are a whole bunch of black folk right. that, are, that are the creators, right. the head writers, right. the directors of all of these shows and that are still painting us as monoliths. The people don't really want to have this conversation. No, they don't.
talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Hey, I'm Arnaz J. Black TV does matter, dang it. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Rolling Martin right now. Stay woke. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
See, I told y'all. See? Don't mess with a grown-ass man. Philip didn't do his homework. See, Philip went on other people's shows who didn't question him. They didn't actually break down his article. I'm about to go to Erica and Michael. But see, oh, by the way, y'all, you know Philip hung up. <laughs> you know Philip hung up. He hung up. And they've been calling him back, texting him. <laughs> and I said, let him know he can talk for the first two minutes. But Philip hung up because he couldn't take that heat. Because see, y'all, see, what happens is, see, Philip, the basis of his, see, see y'all got to understand. The basis of Philip's article, oh, y'all y'all don't discuss black-on-black crime. Okay, you want to have that conversation, Philip? Let's have that conversation. And y'all heard he kept saying, no, no, but I said at the end of my article, we as a community, we got to come together and solve the problem. Oh, but then when I asked Philip, when has the community seen you? Philip, uh, well, I work with the cops, not the community. Oh, Philip, Philip, when didn't you last work with the community? Any time hauls in last year? No. <laughs> what the hell you been doing? See, Erica, see, Erica, they don't like, they don't like getting questioned on specifics. See, he was like, oh, you, you ain't let me talk. No, I let you talk because you can't answer my questions. That's the real deal. He couldn't answer the questions because he thought he was going to come on here and talk about how black media don't do this, and y'all discuss black-on-black crime until I start questioning his ass on what he ain't doing. Period. <laughs> Period. And sent poor little Tink home. Um, but I'm glad that that line of questioning came out because if you look at his Twitter page, you can see how Philip Clay gets his bag. Um, more importantly, I am very tired of people... Um, raising their platforms off of the backs and off of the pain of black grief. And one of the things that I was mm -hmm. going to ask him was, did he know what grief does to the um, First, did he know Tyree Nichols, his mother and father's name, and specifically his mother, who talked about how much Tyree loved her, how he had her name tattooed on his arm, and that's something that you don't mostly get from kids, especially... Uh, young man, but he did that, and he was the youngest in his family and very well-loved, a young father, and that on January 28th, he felt it fitting to pin uh, four to five paragraphs of complete bullshit on the backs and on the grief of Mrs. Rovon Wells. Completely disgusting. For someone that is either self-identified or has been told that he is a rising star, and uh, what is effectively known uh, as the terror group, the grand old party, uh, the Republicans, do that in its own space, not off of black pain. And I'm also glad, Roland, that you brought forward that PBS piece because I had that in my favorites and I pulled it up in that 2006 bulletin uh, that the FBI published, heavily redacted, but spoke very, very clearly to not white supremacy, what it actually is, white nationalism, and that how folks that are a part of this movement literally terrorize black and uh, Latino communities. So um, I feel like whatever it is that Philip is looking to achieve, keep black people name the hell out of your mouth, because I would love to hear his talking points. 
when his face is pushed up against the ground see, and see, he's being tased. See, Michael, I know some real black conservatives. Mm -hmm. I, I actually know some black conservatives who are in communities that do the work. But see, Philip thought he could just sit his ass and bang out some comments and the, Nas and the National Review put it up and these white conservatives go, oh, we've got one of us, look at that. He's challenging Sharpton. He's, cause see, well, people don't understand y'all. Game recognize game. So they love throwing Sharpton's name. They love throwing out Chicago. So you see how I busted him on that. How are you from right. Indianapolis? And you gonna mention black on black crime in Chicago, but what you don't mention is that most of the guns that where you have the crime committed in Chicago come from across the border in Indiana. Oh, mm -hmm. I bet Phil don't want to discuss gun control though. Mm -hmm. See, this is the mm -hmm. game they play. And see, this is the grift. This, that's why that fool mentioned that yep. Indian ass fool, Deontay. That's why his little trifling ass won't come on the show with me. Cause see, I schooled him like I did Philip because they are not credible people. How can you talk about, well, we the community, uh, we, we got to have new leaders, and he could not name a single community-based town hall that he was engaged in for the last year. Come on. Yeah, Roland, you know, um, I read the article uh, from uh, J. Philip Clay. First of all, uh, when I saw he was from Project 21, I said, this is going to be some BS right now because I was on with Reese when uh, Craig <laughs> DeLuce was on and we tore his ass up, okay, from Project <laughs> 21 also. So um, I read the article and just like you, Roland, I saw the white space at the bottom. So I thought it was a whole, I thought it was a whole right. three, four, hell, five hell, paragraphs. Hell, wait a minute, hold on. I hit refresh because I thought only, <laughs> I, I thought only half of the article loaded. So I hit refresh and I was like, hell, that's just white space. It ain't nothing down here. Exactly. I kept looking. I said, wait a second. Is this it? Because I printed up the article. It's right here. And I made notes because I had questions for him. So let me say <laughs> this. I, I, I do think that he uh, wants to save, you know, um, African-American lives, black lives from violence, things like this. But he's grossly misguided. And one of the problems is when you have black conservatives, especially young black conservatives uh, like him, uh, one, they don't understand history. Okay, number one. Two, the, one of the questions I was going to ask him is that did he know that from 1980 to 2008 that the, that the majority of gang homicides in America were committed by white offenders? 53.3% were committed by white offenders. And from 1980 to 2008, the majority of uh, gang homicide victims were white people, 56.5%. And what happens is, is the way the media presents these narratives and presents stories, they hide the quote-unquote white-on-white crime that they don't want to talk about, okay? And they keep, and, and it was great, it was basically white-controlled media that created black-on-black -black crime. Because when they, if they talk about white crime, they don't use the term white-on-white -white crime. But I encourage everybody to read uh, this article from AtlantaBlackStar.com is called Nine Facts That Show White-on-White Crime Far Exceeds Black-on-Black -black Crime and How Media Outlets Conceal It. And then there, there, there's one of my favorite articles is from ThinkProgress.org uh, called from March, 20, 20, March 25th, 2015 called How News Outlets Convince You That Most Criminals Are Black. 
how news outlets convince you that most criminals are black. Now, this was a nationwide study of local news affiliates, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox News affiliates. And they looked at the, the uh, news coverage that they did of stories that dealt with crime. And they found that African-Americans made, made up disproportionately stories where they were the perpetrators, but it was disproportionate to their arrest rate. So we made up like about 51% of the Got arrests, it. but 75% of those stories dealing with crime. Got it. So this, this is the game that conservatives play. This is not Fox News. You need to know what you talk about when you come on this show. See, the thing here, Reese, that, 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 that this it's laughable. Uh, I, I don't see people protesting black on black uh, crime in Chicago. Do you know anybody in Chicago? Nope. Uh, <laughs> do you follow anybody in Chicago? Nope. Have you been to Chicago? Nope. Well, of course your blind ass ain't seen nothing. But see, again, that's why you don't make stupid comments like that. And again, I'm still trying to understand, Reese, how can Philip? be from Indianapolis, but he won't throw Chicago in. You know why? Because Chicago is the new N-word for Republicans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chicago mm -hmm. is the new N-word. Yep. Anytime something happens, in what about Chicago? Well, what about Chicago? Well, what about Chicago? Philip, what about Indianapolis? Hello. And his profile says Plainfield. Indiana. I don't even know what that is, but it certainly isn't as catchy and flashy as Chicago. I'm trying to figure out, why is Chicago in it? You ain't been there. You ain't stepped foot in there. You don't know nothing about the Magnificent Mile, Garrett's Popcorn. There's a number of things that I will talk about in Chicago before I get to, quote-unquote, black-on-black crime. And like I said, obviously, black people in Chicago don't want black motherfuckers shooting their ass either. They don't want the cops and they don't want their neighbors shooting them. I think that everybody black can agree that crime in general is bad, point blank in a period. But to your point, Roland, it's about the boogeyman. It's about mm -hmm. this. It's like CRT is, is, is a word, uh, as a euphemism. Woke is a woke euphemism for the white supremacist, white nationalist party to just say the N-word without saying the N-word. So he was very deliberate in talking about a place that he doesn't know. He did not know statistics, so you don't have data. You don't have even anecdotal evidence because you don't haven't been there. You don't know nobody from there. But you're talking about it like you have some kind of authority. Go to hell, bitch. How about that? Uh, so this is mm -hmm. from a Indian TV station just two days ago. Go to my iPad. Violent crime plagued some indie bars, yet the state does little to enforce its policies. If I scroll mm -hmm. the article, I don't see Phillip's name anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Okay, hold up. Let's see here. Uh, hmm. Okay. Same station. Crime mapping what parts of Indianapolis saw the most homicides in 2022. Mm. While Indianapolis saw a decrease in homicides in 2022, so did Chicago, police continue to push for fewer homicides and violent crimes. In 2022, 226 people lost their lives in a homicide in Indianapolis, down about 15%. Um, this is a decrease of 45 homicides. Uh, and so, as you see it here, hmm, gunshot, a gunshot is listed as a cause of death for 86.7% of the homicides. Philip, are you speaking out speaking out against guns? Huh? Near, oh, Philip, I got something for you to do in Indianapolis. Nearly 60%, 66% of the homicides in Indianapolis remain unsolved as of early January. Huh? 
Of the 226 homicides, police made an arrest in 66. Huh. Roland, can I, ain't, can ain't, I point ain't, out ain't, to ain't you? That, ain't that... And hold up. Of the homicide 2022, largest group, 2534, uh, black men, age, 18 to 24, made up the largest group. Uh, so here's the question, Philip. Uh, you keep meeting with the cops. Why aren't you focused on your own city of Indianapolis? You're not, Philip, because you know why? You don't give a damn about those communities. What you want to do is you want to make a point by trying to bring up, by taking a shot at Sharpton and let black leaders and black-on-black -black violence in Chicago. Reese, I got two, I'm over time, but I got 20 seconds to go. He's, he lives in Plainfield, Indiana, which is a population of 34,000 and 87% white. So you really <laughs> pushing so, this anti-black. So he don't even live in Indianapolis. Even from Indianapolis. Boy. He lives in a suburb of Indianapolis. Boy. Go to his Twitter page. Go to his Twitter page. I, I'm not going to say it, I but I go said, to his Twitter page. That's what I, I did. Michael, that's how he's Go to his Twitter page. I told my research. We'll see how you get in the bag. Plainfield, Indiana. Was it Jay Phillip Clay? I didn't make that up. That's what he has publicly Jay Phillip Clay. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. Show his Twitter page on your screen. Here we go. Y'all pull it up right here. It says Jay Phillip Clay. Husband, father, Christian, conservative. It says Plainfield, Indiana. Philip, roll up to the picture. Philip, no, his tweets are protected. Philip, you don't even live in Indianapolis. Boy, bye. Philip, again. Philip, I'm just going. I just want to warn you of something. I just want to warn you of something, Philip. My daddy told me something when I was younger, Philip. Uh, he says, son, never mess with a grown-ass man. <laughs> you can't he slick said, a can of oil. Said, he said, son, when you mess with a grown-ass man, and you're going to get a grown-ass whooping. <laughs> Philip, <laughs> you just got a grown-ass whooping. <laughs> the next time you even attempt to challenge black-owned media, I want you to remember this ass whooping just like the one I got when my dad lit me up when I was in school. Philip, call Deontay. Y'all can cry together by messing <laughs> with me. I'll be back. Nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol. We're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. An hour of living history with Dr. Richard Mariba Kelsey, thinker, builder, author, and one of the most important and impactful elders in the African-American community. He reflects on his full and rich life and shares his incomparable wisdom about our past, present, and future. African genius is, is, is saying that my uncle was a genius, my brother was a genius, my neighbor was a genius. I think we ought to drill that in ourselves and move ahead rather than believing that I got it. That's next on The Black Table, here on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Amber Stevens-West. Yo, what up, y'all? This is Jay Ellis, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, y'all, the punk Republicans in the House are doing what they do. They're banning Rep Democrats from various committees. Today, they voted to kick, all, kick Congresswoman Ilhan Omar off of the House Foreign Relations Committee, uh, saying that uh, previous comments she's made is anti-Semitic. But they ain't said nothing about Jewish space laser fool rep Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. In fact, she's been rewarded uh, in a huge way. Uh, in fact, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she actually referenced that she referenced that in her fiery floor speech. Watch this. 
Recognize for one minute. Thank you. Now, as also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. Congressman Omar also spoke in her defense. This is what this debate is about, Madam Speaker. There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant or if you are from certain parts of the world or a certain skin tone or a Muslim. It is no accident that members of the Republican Party accused the first black president, Barack Obama, of being a secret Muslim. It is no accident that former President Donald Trump led a birther movement that falsely claimed he was born in Kenya. Because to them, falsely labeling the first and only president of the United States of America, a Muslim and African immigrant, somehow made him less American. Well, I am Muslim. I am an immigrant, and interestingly, from Africa. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy, or that they see me as a powerful voice that needs to be silenced. Frankly, it is expected, because when you push power, power pushes back. Representation matters. Continuing to expand our ideas of who is American and who can partake in the American experience experiment is a good thing. I am an American, an American who was sent here, an American who was sent here by her constituents to represent them in Congress, a refugee who survived the horrors of a civil war, someone who spent her childhood in a refugee camp, someone who knows what it means to have a shot at a better life here in the United States, and someone who believes in the American dream and the American possibility and the promise and the ability to participate in the democratic process. That is what this debate is about. There is an idea out there that I am not, that I do not have objective decision-making because of who I am, where I come from, and my perspective. But I reject that. We say there is nothing objective about policymaking.
We all inject our perspective, our point of views, our lived experiences, and the voices of our constituents. That's what democracy is about. So, um, pulling right now, Representative Jasmine Crockett of Texas joins us. Uh, Congresswoman Crockett, uh, it, it is quite interesting to see on the other side Marjorie Taylor Greene pretty much at the right hand of Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, when she has made racist and anti-Semitic comments, and she's been rewarded for it. I mean, come on now, Roland. You know what it is. I don't even know why we're having this conversation as if we're shocked, right? The Republicans are doing what the Republicans do. And so many people were going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and they did talk about her. Um, but you know what? I decided to go after George Santos. Most people probably don't know why George Santos ended up volunt voluntarily um, leaving his committee assignments because... Once again, it was an example of the hypocrisy and it was slapping them right there in the face, right? And so I basically um, went on the floor and said, what was her crime, right? We know that there were crimes allegedly committed by George Santos and I went through those crimes uh, that he allegedly committed and I said, it's interesting that he got seated, but she didn't. And so I wanna know what was her crime uh, but this is what we're going to get out of these Republicans. And for those people that believe that they are so woke, that they are done with the Democratic Party and they've decided that they're going to dig in on the Republican Party, I just hope that you are really woke and paying attention to what they're doing. Well, speaking of woke, uh, they actually tried to go after uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, uh, wanting her to, uh, there's, there's some resolution dealing with social, socialism. Uh, I, I just found this to be lovely. Hit play. You're simply playing politics. You understand what this resolution is all about. Don't ask me silly questions. I told you, I'm a capitalist. I'm not like Donald Trump. I'm not like Republicans who claim to support this democracy, but at the same time refuses to condemn those who attempted to destroy this democracy. You need to talk with your leader, Donald Trump about what he's doing, why he loves Putin so much, why he loves Kim Jong-un so much. You ask him the question. Okay, I know. So it's quite amazing. I've asked you to denounce Mao Zedong. I've asked you to denounce Joseph Stalin. I asked you to denounce... And you wouldn't denounce I any of I asked you them. to denounce Donald Trump. Okay. You're <laughs> I asked quite, you to you're, denounce you're Donald Trump. You're making quite the intellectual leap. I'm talking I about genocide and mass I asked you to denounce starvation. Donald Trump. Okay, he's not I a communist. Asked you right to, I asked you to denounce Donald Trump. This is quite the intellectual elite ranking member. Let's talk about Venezuela. Let's Venezuela. talk about Donald Trump. Okay, let's talk about you Venezuela. You answer my question. We are here talking yes about a resolution no. to condemn communism and socialism. Let's talk about Venezuela. Venezuela was at the largest GDP before Chavez took over. I want now you they're literally eating their dogs because they cannot feed themselves. You want to denounce Donald that? Trump? I want you to denounce the Proud Boys. I want you to denounce <laughs> QAnon. I want you to denounce the KKK. When you do all of that, then we can talk. Okay, so again, for the record, you've refused to denounce Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, Pol Pot, and Hugo Chavez. That's amazing. For the record, Rank questions, don't ask me. Okay, so just to be clear, I asked you a question about Pol Pot, and you started talking. Uh, see, Jasmine, that's how you deal with these fools. Yeah, no, it's funny. 
one of the things that um, they wanted to do uh, in this new session was they wanted this open rule. They wanted the ability to bring amendments to the floor instead of leaving it in the rules committee. Um, it's interesting when they decide to use that and when they decide not to. It's not a blanket rule that they always do an open rule on this, these amendments because I think they found out oh, yeah, the Democrats can introduce amendments as well. And that started to make them nervous. So on this resolution, which a resolution is nothing, like this is just more gamesmanship, right? Like this isn't law. So for everybody that felt like it made sense to vote for the Republicans because they were going to fix the economy, this is not them doing anything. This is something so that they can say that Maxine voted this way or Jasmine voted this way. But in the Rules Committee, what they tried to do is introduce, the Democrats tried to introduce an amendment to this socialism resolution that would say that we were denouncing fascism. Now, you tell me why that couldn't be included. I think we all know why it couldn't be included. I think we also know why they didn't want an open rule where we would add amendment on top of amendment on top of amendment where we really did start defining hate because if there is a conversation that we need to have, the last time that I checked, the, the people that are going out and committing these mass shootings, they're not saying, hey, I'm a socialist, but plenty of them are proclaiming to be white supremacists. So if we want to get at something that is actually problematic in this country, then what we would do is talk about white supremacy. And that's why I applaud Auntie Maxine, because she's going to always bring them back to the point instead of going down the rabbit hole that they want to try to lead us down. We're not here for these kind of games. All right. Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett, it is going to be two years of uh, this type of silliness, uh, and I think it's important to mock them at every turn uh, when they when they uh, sort of throw that sort of stu uh, stupidity out. Just like I just like I just did, Polar Tink Tink Philip uh, from uh, Plainfield. He ain't from Indianapolis. He's from Plainfield. <laughs> Absolutely, I I look forward to doing it. You know, I serve on oversight and. Um, Marjorie Taylor uh, Green and I had a, a very interesting interaction this week as I was simply trying to um, put in an amendment to bring back the Civil Rights and Civil Liberties subcommittee to oversight, especially in light of what we saw happen in Memphis with Tyree Nichols. It seemed very timely. It seemed like maybe the Republicans need a little bit better understanding as to why we need the George Floyd and Policing Act. Mm -hmm seem like maybe this would be a good thing for us to discuss, and that would be the proper subcommittee. Um, she proceeded to tell me that what happened in Memphis wasn't racism because all the officers were black, as if I addressed that at all. Um, she also wanted to make sure that I knew that Ashley Babbitt's mother was in the back of the committee room. So, of course, she was ready with her prop. Um, which is absolutely disgusting. And she wanted to tell me, but nobody's been arrested in that case. And she also wanted to tell me that the conditions that the January 6th rioters were having to suffer through when they were incarcerated pre-trial, as well as those that have been incarcerated as uh, a part of their convictions, that they are deplorable. And so, yes, we absolutely need to talk about jail conditions. So I was thinking to myself, well, you may vote for my amendment, maybe for the wrong reasons, but hey, at least we can have a conversation. <laughs> at least we'll get there. But of course, she did not vote for that. And instead, she just decided that she was going to draw this false equivalent. Of course. 
East Queen, Tyree, and Ashley Babbitt. Well, uh, we all know Ashley Babbitt uh, deservedly got shot for trying to break into the Capitol. And guess what? She wouldn't be dead if her ass wasn't trying to break into the Capitol. It's as simple as that. Congresswoman Crockett, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right, y'all, we come back. I got some other stupidity over the Pledge of Allegiance. Wait till we show y'all that one. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Pull up a chair, take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Cupid, the maker of the Cupid Shuffle and the Wham Dance. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. If you're ready, you are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, y'all. We're going to show y'all some more stupidity by Republicans in the House, okay? And, and I'm talking about... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm talking about real stupid, okay? So this is, a, go to my iPad, this is David Sicily in the Congressman, where he is uh, calling out these fools. So basically, here's what they did. They want that anybody coming before the Judiciary Committee to do the Pledge of Allegiance. But... Congressman Natler said, we do the Pledge of Allegiance every day in the House. So, like, why are we going to do one here in committee? Cicilline just laid waste to these fools. Check this out. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, um, you know, Mr. Issa just made reference to how important it is for us to display our commitment to the Constitution and to commit to defend it aggressively. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, uh, adding in the second paragraph where the chair may designate an individual to lead the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if, in fact, an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to lead the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to supporting it. Would the gentleman yield for I first ask question? Mr. Gates if he'll support the amendment. To make sure that someone who led an insurrection against the United States doesn't make a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance and stand before this committee with their hand over their heart claiming to support the Constitution. M Mr. Cicilline, I, 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 my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats on the committee that wouldn't be eligible to lead the pledge since so many that, That's objected. not my definition I of mean, an insurrection. I mean, the last Republican president I'll to get concede, sworn in absent I'll Democrat objectors me, was George Herbert Mr. Walker Bush. Claiming my time, Mr. Gates, I will allow the chairman to determine whether or not someone has participated in insurrection in the United States. I think this language is important. Would the gentleman further yield? I'm asking Mr. Gates, will you now accept the amendment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Cicilline. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then agree to the amendment. With, with let's, the, let's make this real. If you will the, want to give someone the right to stand before the House Judiciary Committee and lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a bare minimum, Let's guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. With the gentleman like yield. It's a simple proposition. All right. Congressman Hank Johnson, he got in on this as well. Watch this. Most members are not present there, so it's not accurate to say we do the pledge every day or participate in the pledge every day. It may be offered, but you're not there for it. This is the work of the Judiciary Committee. This is the committee that has the charge of defending the Constitution and our fundamental freedoms and uh, defending the, the, the very freedoms that the flag represents. And so it's, it's a, a bit absurd to suggest we couldn't take 30 seconds at the beginning of this important work 
to do what uh, should be done by all Americans. And so I think this is entirely appropriate. I wish we had done it two years ago. Y'all, first of all, I'm, 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 I'm laughing at uh, these fools, Reese, because, again, this goes to show you the idiots that are in the House and what they are doing and, and exactly um, and, and, and how just absolutely uh, nuts they are. Go to my iPad, please. Uh, this is Congressman Hank Johnson challenging them as well. I, mean, I wish two years ago that uh, on January 6th, that the insurrection never did happen. And I regret the fact that many members of this committee voted against certifying the election results based on the big lie. And they have continued to promote uh, the big lie and undermine public confidence in our government. And so for us to, uh, amidst these folks who supported the insurrection uh, to uh, be forced uh, to uh, pledge allegiance to the flag, which should be something that none of us have any problem with, but it's just a matter of, uh, it, it is it's ironic that this committee, the ones that uh, would not comply with congressionally issued subpoenas, uh, disrespected the rule of law, would now uh, insist that each and every one of us on each and every hearing date come before this committee and pledge allegiance to the flag. Uh, I support the Pledge of Allegiance, but uh, it's very ironic, and I just simply wanted to point that out, and with that, I yield back. With the gentleman, I, I'll yield to the gentleman from uh, New York. I think... Racy, again, we can look forward to two years of this level of stupidity. It's all about theater because the Republicans don't have any actual solutions. I mean, if we talked about things like their so-called fair tax plan, which basically is a regressive tax plan that would see everybody paying 30% at point of purchase for anything and the rich basically getting off scot-free. Um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this kind of stuff because they're good at the theater. They're good at the drama. But I think we should probably make it a proposal where if you're under investigation for uh, sex trafficking or for on, dealing man, with man. minors for sex um, on, or a number of things that these Republicans are allegedly involved in, particularly Matt Gates, which is probably why his punk ass conceded to the coercion on the on the House floor when Kevin McCarthy was uh, looking for an extra vote. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of criteria that we have. So I don't think that it's a very high bar to say that insurrectionists should not be pledging allegiance when you have um, insurrectionists like the former president of the United States that's under investigation for possibly selling state, state secrets and people like Matt Gates and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and so on and so forth who are just general pieces of shit. Erica. Yeah, I 100% um, concur with everything my good sis Reese said. And then also to say, you know, my parents and I were just recently on the House floor a couple of weeks ago and saw where a bullet pierced through one of the desks, um, thinking that this could have all have been avoided and averted had more people shown up at the ballot box because Republicans broadcasted, they had published exactly their intention for this country, mm -hmm. which is <clears throat> regression, which is to make sure full citizenship is only extended to those who are white and white adjacent. So, you know, this is not laughing hour, though this is definitely a uh, tea for mainstream media. They will salivate and continue to 
um, have these insurrectionists, these folks who will pay $174,000 that we come out of our tax dollars to raise hell, who have the power of the purse in squandering the bag, that this is going to be meat for them, but it is abysmal for us. So this, I think, more than anything, for people to realize it is not a reality, uh, reality television show. This is the function of our government. Um, they think nothing of it, that their goal is to do the bidding of their father, the son of a Klansman. They're going to continue to do that, and that that should be a concern to people and should be a reason that people are checking their voter registration every month and ensuring, ensuring that next year, when it's time for us to return to the ballot box as a nation, that they're casting their vote to get these insurrectionists the hell up out of here. Uh, Michael, I, I think the way Congresswoman Waters handled them is exactly what every Democrat should do, throw it back in their mm -hmm. faces. Absolutely. I, I saw the clip of Congress, Congresswoman Waters. Kudos to her. Uh, I saw uh, Representative uh, Cicilline, uh, and as well as Hank Johnson. Now, it, it's interesting that they want to uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of um, uh, the session here in the Rules Committee, I think it is. Um, the, 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 I don't know how many Republicans know that, but the Pledge of Allegiance was written by a socialist named Francis Bellamy. They're against socialism. But the Pledge of Allegiance was written in 1892 by a socialist named Francis Bellamy. So, one, they needed to go do more research. Two, um, when we look at uh, Tyree Nichols and we look at the protests that broke out across the country after the video was released of this killing, I sat there watching people in different cities march and protest, and they said they wanted the George Floyd Justice of Police in that. And I said, I sure hope all those people voted for Democrats for the House of Representatives in the 2022 midterm election. Because Democrats were the only ones that voted for the judge, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, and they're the only ones that support the bill. No Republicans voted for the bill when it came up uh, in, in the House of Representatives March 2021. 212 Republicans voted against it. So it seems like, Roland, that there's a real disconnect between people saying they want something, but then understanding actually how to get it. And then lastly, uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of uh, 1868 bars uh, those who have participated in an insurrection or given comfort to an insurrection in holding office as well. So they better be very careful what they wish for, because a lot of them, you know, 139 of these traders also voted uh, in the House against certifying the 2020 presidential election results. So they better be, be, be very careful of what they wish for. <coughs> well, bottom line is, look, the polls already show the people, people say they aren't even governing. Uh, they're just sitting here up a whole bunch of nonsense. And that's what you're dealing with. So that's what you get. Just like uh, I've got some these little um, so so nine nine is little uh, these little black conservatives um, are running around uh, talking now. <coughs> Let me show this here. So I, I guess they uh, they friend they friends of Philip. So they mad he got he got roasted. So uh, this, this little child, uh, first of all, if your name is Whitley, <laughs> if your name is Whitley and you're not on uh -oh. uh, a different world, you may just want to be quiet. So uh, she going to put Roland Martin, take on Indy Spanglish, because I know he would own him. Um, girl, y'all just better leave me alone. Cause now, 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 this little child, Whitley, uh, she calls herself... She's the director. Uh, go, go to my. Uh, she's the director of diversity for the Indy. I, I don't even know who the hell she is. Indianapolis 
uh, GOP. She's on Newsmax. She got everybody else mentioned in here. Girl, don't nobody know you. Don't nobody know you. Nobody. This other dude, don't nobody know him. That's y'all are members of an organization that I affectionately call hashtag never will be's. That's what y'all are. Y'all a bunch of never will be's. So I've already demolished Deontay. Okay. Already demolished Philip. I don't I, I, I don't beat so many people on Project 21 that hell, I think y'all gonna change your name to Project 2. Cause it ain't that many of y'all left to defeat. So please. Leave grown people alone, because I don't want to hurt y'all feelings even more so. Hey, y'all, don't forget, support the Black Star Network. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Same thing on Facebook. Download our app, Black Star, Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Come on, y'all, show the graphic. Show the graphic. You too slow. Come on, show the graphic. Thank you very much. All right, we're also on Amazon News. So if you got the Amazon Fire Stick, you can watch us on Amazon News as well. So simply go to Amazon Fire Stick. Go to their Amazon News. We're right there with other new news networks as well. And look forward to now sending some new decisions where you can see us uh, as well. I'll be right back. Next on Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach. Listen to this. Women of color are starting 90% of the businesses in this country. That's the good news. The bad news, as a rule, we're not making nearly as much as everyone else, but joining us on the next Get Wealthy episode is Betty Hines. She's a business strategist, and she's showing women how to elevate other women. I don't like to say this openly, but we're getting better at it. Women struggle with collaborating with each other. And for that reason, one of the things that I demonstrate in the uh, sessions that I have is that you can go further together if you collaborate. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Most people think that these television shows that, that tell stories about who we are as black men, and then they paint these monolithic portraits of us, they think that they're being painted by white people. And I gotta tell you, there are a whole bunch of black folk right. that, are, that are the creators, right. the head writers, right. the directors of all of these shows and that are still painting us as monoliths. The people don't really wanna have this conversation. No, they don't. It's your man Dion Cole from Blackish, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Stay woke.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Involving a raid where a 12-year-old got shot has settled for $12 million. In 2019, Amir Worship was shot in the knee during a pre-dawn raid on his Markham, Illinois home. Uh, Worship is now 16. He's permanently disabled. Uh, he's had five knee surgeries and will re- require multiple knee replacements. Joining us now is the Worship family attorney, Zach Hofel. So, Zach, uh, this, this settlement here, uh, does that cover his, um, his medical costs or will they have to also pay for that uh, going forward? It covers all of the above, but real quickly, Roland, let me just start off by saying that uh, back in early 2007, as an 18-year-old, uh, organizing in turn with the Upstart Obama campaign. I used to always appreciate hearing your takes on CNN. And I know Al, uh, who wanted to be able to join us, uh, remembers you well from your WVON days. So appreciate that. it's really a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate uh, that. The settlement to your question covered a lot. It covered not only Amir's past medical damages, and there was a ton. Uh, in terms of the five surgeries, extensive physical therapies. It also covered the future medical care that Amir will require 
uh, not only in the coming year in terms of another surgery, but in the coming you know lifetime. Uh, in addition to medical damages, uh, you know, there's aspects of psychological damages, uh, you know, economic damages in terms of earning impairments over time. We have. Americans with Disability Act data that demonstrates that if you have a permanent disability, you know, just as a data point matter, you are uh, significantly less likely to be able to earn, you know, certain wages over the course of your time. So that's, you know, there wasn't an itemization because we weren't through before a jury, but the idea was to have all that included to the best we could. What was the raid for? The raid was for... Uh, the execution of a search warrant for a gentleman uh, in suspected possession of coding. Okay, so in, in the culture, he gets shot. Uh, they find the person they were looking for? They did. And, you know, in fact, they found him pretty quickly. Uh, they found the individual. Uh, it's undisputed. All of the officers who were on scene you know, there's no dispute that they cleared and secured the entire house, uh, including Amir's bedroom, uh, prior to the incident. So no safety threats whatsoever. Uh, man, just, I mean, just unbelievable. Again, we, we cover these stories all the time. It's just so unfortunate uh, that, you know, that, that, that he gets wounded. And, I mean, first of all, he's alive. I mean, I think about the uh, Ayanna Jones uh, who was shot in a raid uh, in Detroit. She was killed uh, as a result. Uh, and just, and, and, and it actually, and it was an erroneous raid. So we've seen this happen way too many times all across the country. Well, you know, I, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, Roland. You know, the, so many of our cases are wrong raids. This, 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 you know, happens to be one where it wasn't. But, you know, we have so many cases where, uh, you know, one, for example, uh, there's a, a SWAT team that is going in and, and realizes in some capacity that the individual that they are looking for not only doesn't live there, uh, but hasn't lived in the area for 10 years. In fact, uh, hasn't lived in, you know, free society for 10 years. <laughs> He's, he's locked up in prison and has been for some time. So it's really a, a part of a broader systemic issue <laughs> that we've really got to do something about. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're trying to get folks to address this. Zach, we appreciate it. Please give our best to your client and his family. Thanks so much for having us, Roland. Take care. Thank you very much. Uh, folks, uh, some stunning news out of New Jersey, where a black New Jersey Republican councilwoman was murdered outside of her home Wednesday evening. Uh, Sarah Reveal Councilwoman Eunice Dwumford was found shot multiple times in her vehicle before crashing. She was pronounced dead at the scene. She was a certified business analyst and served as a director of churches for the Nigerian-based Champions Role Assembly. She ran for and won her first election in 2021, beating the incumbent Democrat. She started serving her first of three years. Now, city officials say she was the intended target. However, the office said no motive in the killing had been revealed. Anyone with information 
more surveillance footage, is asked to call Detective Rebecca Morales of the uh, Sarayville Police Department at 732-727-4444 or Detective Michelle uh, Coppola of the Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office at 732-745-3477. Reese, this, I mean, this is a stunning story, again, uh, that when she's driving home and she's gunned down, the person gets away uh, and they don't have any motive whatsoever. Right. I mean, it's 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 insane. It's tragic. It's senseless. Um, you know, she was in her car outside of her home. I mean, a lot of us, when we get home, we don't necessarily rush out of our car and into the house. Sometimes we might check Facebook or, you know, respond to a text message, and, and it should be safe to do that. So the fact that she's Republican is beside the point, unless this was a politically motivated uh, targeting, um, which, you know, we have no way of knowing. Is it politically motivated? Is it domestic violence? Is it just random violence where somebody intended to kill somebody and she was the unlucky victim? But um, at either rate, rate, 30 years old, uh, a public servant, regardless of how you feel about her party affiliation, this is a huge loss. Uh, it is. And so, again, like she, like I say, she's working for a, a church-based group. She's Nigerian uh, and uh, gunned down. Pull a photo up, please. Come on, y'all. Uh, and so uh, the governor also uh, released a statement uh, with regards uh, to her murder. Uh, and again, they are still trying to find out exactly uh, what happened in that case. All right, folks, uh, time for our Black and Missing for the day. <laughs> After this... Lakey Herring was last seen in Philadelphia on January 29th. The 49-year-old is 5 feet 10 inches tall, weighs 175 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing a gray T-shirt and black pants. Anyone with any information about Lakey Herring is urged to call the Philadelphia Police Department at 215-686-3353, 215-686-3353. Three Michigan rap artists have been have not been seen or heard from since January 21st. Amani, Amani Kelly, Montoya Givens, and Dante Wicker were supposed to show up for a performance at a Detroit club, but the event was canceled. Armani, whose stage name is Marley Whoop, was first reported missing to Oscada Police the next day when his mother found her empty car her son borrowed. One word of Armani, uh, uh, once word of Armani was missing, the families of Montoya and Dante filed missing person reports since they were all together. The Trump police commanders say it's alarming that the three men are missing together. Multiple Michigan agencies are investigating their disappearance. That is crazy, Michael. Yeah, it is, Roland. Uh, I, I've watched some uh, local news coverage here, and one, I know one of the uh, family members was saying that, at, at least in the beginning, they felt that police weren't taking this seriously. Um, we don't know what's happened. There's an article from the Detroit Free Press uh, about this. I've seen some coverage from WXYZ Channel 7 here in Detroit. Um, don't really know um, what happen, why they're missing. Yeah, and, but, and, it's, it's a, know, it's, and again, for more than 10 days now. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that, that, that's, and that is absolutely strange that all three are missing. Yeah, January 21st, yep. absolutely. So, uh, hopefully somebody with any information will come forward, um, you know, and, and, and get, uh, get some yep. answers and, and bring some closure for the families. Indeed. Well.
Uh, folks, uh, in memoriam, folks, some sad news uh, I got today. Uh, the former first lady of Atlanta has died. Bunny Jackson Ransom, uh, the wife of the late Atlanta mayor Maynard Jackson, passed away this morning. In 1975, she founded First Class Inc., a company specializing in marketing, community affairs, communications, and public relations. She worked with many clients, including the National Conference of Black Mayors. She also managed the careers of several performing artists between 1978 and 1988, when she served as chief administrative officer of a conglomerate company under the umbrella of Atlanta Artists. She was 82 years old. Uh, I often uh, would see Dunny, uh, Bunny. We would get her press releases all the time as well. And so she was very well known in Atlanta and all across the country. And so certainly condolences uh, go to her family. Again, uh, Bunny Jackson Ransom uh, passed away today at the age of 82 years old. Um, last point uh, here, uh, Erica. Um, uh, Erica, you seen Philip? <clears throat> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just checking. I'm, I'm just wondering, have you seen Philip? Because I mean, he, he, he ain't, he ain't returning though? our text messages. We hitting him back on Skype. Uh, and now he got some of his li his little other minions uh, trying to say, um, yeah, uh, that um, uh, you know we need to go ahead and uh, uh, talk to him. And, and, and then one of these little fools he he, he out here. I, I don't know why they run their mouth. This little fool here talking about uh, blacks aren't this weak victim that the media portrays, and people like Roland should. I, I love this here. People like Roland should be empowering the community instead of shifting blame to the white boogeyman. This fool clearly don't watch this show. Oh, right. my goodness. Lord have mercy. But, you know, it's so I, I'm going to make him Twitter famous. Themselves. I'm going to make him Twitter famous in a, <laughs> in a minute, Erica. Yeah, but see, here, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because, Roland, you and I have had a one-on-one -on -one conversation about this as well. When you talk about, you know, the Twitter famous piece and then um, people knowing that Reverend Al Sharpton, people knowing that Roland Martin, there's certain names that they know are going to give a lift and a boost, and it is a Batman signal. And so that's why I said, again, going back to um, originally what I said, if you look at his Twitter profile, um, you can understand the grip. You understand how he gets his bag. If people are not able to elevate their platform, especially someone who is either self-identified or has been donned as the 2022 RNC rising star, you should be able to do that on your own laurels or through that uh, terrorist group that uh, you are uh, engaged yep. with. I, so, I, you know, you know, he, he came, what he, he got what he came for. And, wait, wait, and, got and, he, and he asked to come on. He did. Do your homework, player. Do your homework. Michael, uh, real quick, your online class. You got 12 seconds. Go. Saturday, February 4th, 2023, Black Resistance Movements, Free Black History Month lecture by myself, Michael M. Hotel, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit I... theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Racy, Erica, Michael, I appreciate it. I'll see y'all tomorrow from Bethune, Cookman, and Daytona. Holla! Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real um, revolutionary right now. Like, Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. I thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. Hey, I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Thank <laughs> you.
Pull up a chair, take your seat at the Black Table with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. I'm Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, and my new show, Get Wealthy, focuses on the things that your financial advisor and bank isn't telling you, but you absolutely need to know. So watch Get Wealthy on the Black Star Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.